My guess is that each and every one of you in this room could tell me what your favorite and your least favorite subjects were in school. Uh, for the kids that we have with us, my guess is you could tell me right now what your favorite and least favorite subjects are in school. Some of you loved history. Others of you struggled with math. Some of you loved science. Others struggled with art. Now, the reverse of those things is, is also true. My guess is also that if I asked you the, the subjects which you know more about, the things that you have more knowledge about, it would be those subjects that you enjoyed in school. And for those of you who loved history, you might have enjoyed reading books about history or watching historical documentaries, even that were not required for school. You might still enjoy doing those things. And for those of you who like science, you probably enjoyed learning how things worked, reading instruction manuals, going and learning how certain things worked, even when it was not required for school. You probably did not do those things for the subjects that you did not enjoy. Art was not my forte. I did not go how to study. I did not go learn on my own time how to, how to draw any better. I fi figured it was hopeless. Uh, learning about those things that we love, well, it comes easier. It's natural to us. We just do it because we enjoy it. And so the point is, when it comes to learning, that our attitude makes a big difference. And for that reason, I, I think the best teachers are those who are able to, to teach children to love the subjects that they are teaching and not just teach them facts about those subjects. When a teacher is able to teach a kid to love learning or learn a subject, that kid is going to continue to pursue knowledge about that particular field of study uh, for their life. A love of education, a love of learning is invaluable. Go ahead and turn with me to your, in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. That's going to be our text for this morning. And in this text, the author of Proverbs, King Solomon, is commending the pursuit of wisdom. He's encouraging you to pursue wisdom. He's commending the pursuit of knowledge and understanding. He encourages you to chase after these things, to chase after wisdom. But what becomes clear in these verses, and really what is clear throughout the, the book of Proverbs, is that your attitude towards wisdom, we might even say even deeper than that, your heart attitude towards God, well, that matters a great deal. Now, Proverbs certainly encourages the pursuit of wisdom, but even more, it commends a love of wisdom. A love of wisdom that comes from a fear of the Lord or a love of God. It commends a, a love for the instruction and the commands of the Lord. In fact, without those things, without a fear of the Lord, without a, a love for the Lord, there can be no true wisdom. So follow along with me as I read from Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity. 
so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. This is our our first sermon in what will, Lord willing, be several weeks, I think six weeks of study in the book of Proverbs. Uh, So before actually diving into this text this morning, I think it'll be helpful to give something of a brief overview or a brief introduction to the book of Proverbs. I hope to expand on this introduction in future weeks as the the plan is to examine a, a few different themes in Proverbs in the coming weeks. Themes like humility, anger, work, and contentment, uh, among others. Really, you'll probably notice that I'll be preaching through the book of Proverbs a little differently than I typically preach through a book of the Bible. We're not even starting at the beginning here. Uh, But there are different themes in, in Proverbs. It's best to think about Proverbs, about the themes that emerge from it. And so we're going to start this morning by looking at the theme of wisdom. Because wisdom is really at the heart of the book of Proverbs. Uh, The pursuit of wisdom, the value of wisdom, and really the definition of true wisdom are all wrapped up in the book of Proverbs. Uh, The book of Proverbs itself is part of what is called the wisdom literature of the Bible. It's a particular type or or genre of literature, a particular type of writing. It's a wisdom literature. Uh, The Bible also includes Job and Ecclesiastes among the wisdom literature of the Bible. Some people often put Psalms and the Song of Songs in there as well. But the point is that Proverbs is part of the wisdom literature of the Bible. And so as we begin this study in Proverbs, I actually do want to turn briefly to the beginning of the book. And so turn with me briefly to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. I want to just briefly examine these verses as we jump into the book of Proverbs because they give something of a purpose statement for the book of Proverbs. So look with me at chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity. For teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man. Let a wise person listen and increase learning, and let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. You can see from that first verse that most of the book of Proverbs, and certainly these opening chapters of the book of Proverbs, were written by King Solomon, and they were written to his son. They were written from King Solomon to his son to, to make him wise, but Solomon intended these to go beyond that single audience of his son or, or his sons. He intended them to be read by all. We see that even in verse 5. Let a wise person listen, all who are wise. It's an invitation for those who want to be wise to listen to the words of Proverbs. And you can see the purpose that King Solomon gives for writing this book in these opening verses. He does it for those who are interested to learn wisdom. It is for understanding for receiving prudent instruction, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, or as another translation of the Bible puts it, to give prudence to the simple. In other words, the 
purpose of the book of Proverbs is to teach wisdom. One author defined wisdom this way, or biblical wisdom this way. He writes, wisdom is the skill of living. It is a practical knowledge that helps one know how to act and how to speak in different situations. Wisdom entails the ability to avoid problems and the skill to handle them when they present themselves. Wisdom also includes the ability to interpret other people's speech and writing in order to react correctly to what they are saying to us. Wisdom is not intelligence pure and simple. It does not necessarily exclude intelligence, but that is not the focus. So a a simpler definition or a simple definition of biblical wisdom might be to say that it is the ability to discern or to know in a given situation what is pleasing to the Lord. Its ability to discern right from wrong in a given situation. And specifically the ability to understand and apply biblical knowledge, biblical knowledge to a given situation, not just to know what is right, but to also do what is right. In other words, wisdom is no more than simply knowing the right thing. It is doing the right thing in a given situation. For if we go back to that introduction about education and a love for education, wisdom is more than knowing what pleases the Lord. It is to have a desire to please the Lord. We see that in in Proverbs 1-7, that it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of knowledge. We see later on in Proverbs, there's another verse that puts it a different way. It's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. We see it in our text for today, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5. It says, if you find wisdom, you will then understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. To know wisdom is to know God. To pursue wisdom is to pursue God. Well, if you are are at all familiar with the book of Proverbs, what you probably think of when you think of Proverbs is those short practical bits of wisdom it provides, like a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath, or a good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Much of the book is filled with these sayings. In future weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the themes that emerge from those short bits of practical wisdom that do appear through the majority of the book of Proverbs. But the first nine chapters of Proverbs, so a pretty good chunk of the book, the first nine chapters of Proverbs are more of a series of lengthy instructions or appeals from King Solomon. They are are more lengthy discourses that commend the value of wisdom, that urge you to pursue wisdom, at the same time warning about the dangers of sin and the path of evil. Uh, Proverbs, and, and really these first nine chapters of Proverbs, teach that there are two paths one can walk in life. There are two paths or two roads that you can go down in life. You can go down the the path of wisdom, the road of wisdom, the way of wisdom, which is the path of life. Or you can choose the path of foolishness, which is the way or the, the road to death and destruction. You can be wise 
or you can be a fool. Proverbs was written and it is included in the Bible that you might be wise. And so in these first nine chapters of the book, Solomon urges you to be wise. The instructions that follow, these short practical bits of wisdom that follow, are instructions in wisdom. And so look with me at chapter 1, verses 20 through 23 for a moment. Wisdom calls out in the street. She makes her voice heard in the public squares. She cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gates. How long, inexperienced ones, will you love ignorance? How long will you mockers enjoy mocking and you fools hate knowledge? If you respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words. These first nine chapters, we see that wisdom calls out. Wisdom invites you to listen. Wisdom is available for those who seek it and for those who ask for it. As we see in Proverbs 1-7, fools despise wisdom and instruction. But friends, as we embark on this, this study of the book of Proverbs, some of the themes that we see in Proverbs... As we embark on this study of God's wisdom for you, will you listen? Will you be wise? Or will you be a fool? Will you listen to the, the words of the Lord contained in the book of Proverbs, or will you ignore them? And friends, the choice is yours. Wisdom is available for those who seek it, for those who desire it, for those who fear the Lord. And finally, that brings us back to our text for this week, which is Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, where, where Solomon writes about the, the value of wisdom and encourages you to pursue it. So the, the main idea of these verses and the main idea of the sermon is this. God is the source of wisdom. God is the source of wisdom and a shield or protection for all those who diligently seek it. God is the source of wisdom and a shield for all those who diligently seek it. I have three points for you to consider from today's text. The first is the pursuit of wisdom. The second is the purpose of wisdom. And the third is the provision of wisdom. The pursuit, purpose, and provision of wisdom. So first, the pursuit of wisdom. Uh, look again with me at verses 1 through 5 of chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Now we see three things about the pursuit of wisdom in these verses. We are to hear the words of wisdom. We are to heed the words of wisdom, heed or obey the words of wisdom. And we are to hunt for wisdom. To hear, heed, and hunt for wisdom. So first we are to hear the words of wisdom. Notice in verse 2 that to gain wisdom, as Solomon says, you must listen closely to it. We must listen closely for it. And as Solomon seems to be drawing attention to his own words and his own commands in these verses, in verse 1 he says, My son, if you accept my words, 
But as you read on, and as they even said in the introduction to the book of Proverbs, it is clear that the instructions that Solomon is giving are equated with the commands and the instructions of the Lord. In chapter 2, verse 6, we read that it is the Lord who gives wisdom. It is from his mouth that comes that knowledge and understanding come. Uh, similar ideas communicated in Psalm 119, which uh, we read a portion of Psalm 119 at the beginning of the service. But in Psalm 119, David proclaims, I gain understanding from your precepts, uh, speaking to God. So I, under- I gain understanding from God's precepts or God's instructions. Well, what Solomon is communicating here in Proverbs, it is the wisdom of God. It is God's wisdom that is contained in the book. Now, even in Proverbs, we, we see that wisdom comes from a number of places. Well, we know this is true from our own experience. Now, parents teach their children what they have learned from their own experience. We generally respect the wisdom of our elders. Uh, before you make a, a major life decision, taking a new job, moving, taking out a loan, uh, it is wise to seek the counsel of others. We learn from our mistakes as, as well. Uh, Proverbs affirms these ways of acquiring wisdom. But here's the key. Those sources of wisdom must be filtered through the lens of God's word and God's commands. Perfect wisdom and true wisdom comes from the Lord. You can learn the wrong lessons from your experiences. The traditions and the teachings of your culture are not always in agreement with the Bible. The counsel of others may be wrong. In fact, Proverbs tells you to listen to those who are wise, not to listen to those who are foolish. So ultimately, to to find wisdom, you must listen to, you must hear the words of the Lord. You must listen to to God's instructions. It is from his mouth that, that knowledge and understanding and instruction come. Brothers and sisters, God has spoken to you. He has provided his words and his, and in his word. And notice what you're to do with God's words in verse 1. As Solomon encourages you to store up these commands within you. To store them up. I love how one commentator put it, one, uh, one writer on these verses. He says, the figure store up implies that most teaching cannot be used immediately, but that some time will pass before education's effects are felt. In the meantime, the teachings will develop in their pupils or their students attitudes that will influence their actions at some time in the future. Friends, in other words, the Bible is not just something that is there when you need it. You know, like, oh no, I've got a problem. I better go see what the Bible has to say about it. Now, of course, that is not a bad thing to do. It's not a bad thing to go see what the Bible has to say about something. But the picture that Solomon is painting here in these verses is that you store up God's commands day after day, week after week, year after year, so that when a decision comes, and when a problem comes, 
when someone mistreats you, when you have a, a certain interaction with someone, when a major life decision comes, you have stored up God's commands in your heart so that you may be able to discern and know right from wrong. I trust that you all know that 2 plus 2 equals 4 without having to think about it. You have stored up that instruction. It is there when you need it. It is in your brain anytime you need to pull out those, those basic math skills. Brothers and sisters, you want God's word to be the same way. I'm going to think about this more in a few minutes, but let me just ask, do you diligently read and study God's word? Are you diligent to store up his commands? Are you listening or are hearing the words of wisdom? As we see in these verses, we're to do more than hear and listen to the words of wisdom. We're to heed or obey the words of wisdom. In order to find and possess wisdom, you must also heed the words of the Lord. It is not enough to listen and hear. God's word is not effective if it just goes in one ear and goes out the other. It is not effective if what you hear does not influence your heart and this does not influence your actions. No, to pursue wisdom and to attain wisdom, you must heed the words of the Lord. You must follow them and obey them. They must be your ultimate source of authority. They must be your trustworthy guide. They must be your trustworthy guide. They must be your authority over your own culture, over your family, over your experiences, over the counsel even you may receive from others. And so in verses 1 and 2, Solomon is not just calling you to listen to the words of the Lord, but to accept them. He does not just call you to listen closely and store them up, but he says that you're to direct your heart towards them. In other words, they're to influence your mind and your your actions. You're to treasure them and, and follow them. Now, I'm sure all of you have at one time in your life given advice to someone else. You have given an advi- you've given advice to one of your friends. But if you give advice to one of your friends or someone else and uh, they choose not to, to listen or they choose not to obey your advice, they choose not to do what you said, what do you usually say? You probably said, well, you didn't listen to me. I told you that milk had gone bad and not to drink it. Why did you not listen to me? I told you that Laban is disgusting. Why did you drink it? Well, the Bible speaks of listening in the same way. When the the Bible says that uh, you are to, to listen, it is not just calling you to hear God's word. Or it's not just calling you to read God's word. It is calling you to follow it. To listen to the Bible. To listen to the Bible means that you obey. It implies that you obey. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Wisdom is not just knowing facts and information. It is the ability and it is the heart to apply that knowledge to your life. Listen to these words of Jesus from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things I say. 
I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my word, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed and the destruction of that house was great. Jesus pictures two men in that illustration. One who is wise and builds his house on a solid foundation, which is hearing God's words and acting on them. And there's one man who is a fool who builds his house on no foundation. And that's like the man who hears God's words, but does not act on them. Who is the wise man? The one who built his house on the rock. The one who did not just hear the words of the Lord, but obeyed the words of the Lord. Again, friends, I'm going to say it over and over and over again this morning. Wisdom is not just hearing. Wisdom is heeding and obeying. It's what we saw in that scripture reading from James chapter 3. To pursue wisdom is not just to listen and store up the words of the Lord. It is to place yourself under the authority of God's word. To desire to follow the Lord. To desire to obey him. So brothers and sisters, whose words are you listening to? Whose words are you accepting? What voices carry the most influence in your life? Is it the voice of the the world around you? Is it the advice and the counsel of those who do not know the Lord? Or is it God's word? Are you listening to those who are wise? Are you listening to those who are fools? Are you wise or are you a fool? We have to hear the words of the Lord. We have to heed the words of the Lord. But Solomon here in these first five verses also encourages you to hunt for wisdom. The the final thing we find in this text about pursuing wisdom is is that we are to hunt for wisdom. Look at verses three and four. Solomon says you are to call out for it, to seek it like silver, to search for it like a hidden treasure. First, we can just see in those verses that wisdom is something to be desired. It is a a treasure. I mean, think about how many movies you've seen about people spending their fortunes and all their efforts chasing after buried treasure. That is what you are supposed to do in your pursuit of wisdom. You are to treat it in the same way. It is to be desired. Living in a way that is pleasing to the Lord is to be on the path of life, the path of joy, the the path of, of peace. It is something that you should desire. But wisdom is not just something to be desired. Wisdom is also something that is hard won. It takes effort. You must seek it out. You are called to search for wisdom. You are to devote your attention and your efforts to the study of God's word. To do whatever it takes to know more of God and his wisdom. Brothers and sisters, what would your life say about how you treasure God's word and how you treasure God's wisdom? If someone were to look at your life from the outside, would they say, yeah, they they think God's wisdom is something like silver. It is something like buried treasure. Do you regularly seek God's wisdom in his word? 
Do you treasure God's word? Friends, how do you just use your free time? I'm not suggesting that all of your free time should be spent in the study of God's word or in a Bible study. But is any of your time spent in that way? Is any of your time spent in that way? Is more time spent in front of the TV absorbing the foolishness of the world or with God and his word or his people seeking his wisdom like a hidden treasure? Are you simply content to come to church once a week and hear God's word for a a few minutes? Or is God's word a a daily habit where you're turning and, and reading God's word, seeking to understand it? Friends, let me encourage you to pursue God's word as much as possible. Store up the words of wisdom. Read it. Come to a men or women's D.C. Get more of God's word as we seek to study it together. Treasure God's word. Store up the words of wisdom. Friends, wisdom is not simply a matter of the mind. It is a matter of the heart. So ask yourself, do you truly treasure God's instructions? Do you delight in them? Are you willing to to follow them? When 1 John, the Apostle John says, for those who love the Lord, his commands are not burdensome. Following the Lord is not burdensome. They are the way of life. and should be a, a joy to those who love and fear the Lord. So that is the the pursuit of wisdom. Second, we're going to turn our attention to the the second point of the sermon, which is the purpose of wisdom. So look again with me at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Friends, if you diligently seek wisdom, you will come to know God himself. You will come to fear him. In fact, that is the end of wisdom or the the purpose of wisdom. The pursuit of wisdom is not simply the pursuit of that which will make your life better. It is not a a 10-step program to a happier life. It is not a 10-step program to financial success. Wisdom is not simply a series of life lessons. The goal is not to learn how to live your best possible life now, at least as the world around us would define it. No, the goal of wisdom is to know the Lord, to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. In his commentary on the book of Proverbs, Derek Kidner writes this. The knowledge which God aims to instill is the knowledge of himself. And this, too, is the ultimate prize. In submission to his authority and majesty, that is, in the fear of the Lord. We alone start and continue our education. And by the diligent search for wisdom, as for hidden treasures, we shall find our prize in a growing intimacy with the same Lord. In other words, the treasure is a a growing relationship with the Lord. He goes on to write, He is the beginning. He is also the end. For the goal is, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. What Kidner is writing is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To attain true wisdom, we must have a fear of the Lord. 
but he says that it is also the end or the goal or the purpose of wisdom. Friends, there is no true wisdom apart from a knowledge of God. There is no true wisdom apart from a fear of the Lord. There is no true wisdom apart from a relationship with God. Wisdom, in fact, is to grow in your relationship with God. In his famous book, Knowing God, J.I. Packer writes this. Not till we have become humble and teachable, standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down, can divine wisdom become ours. Friends, divine wisdom only comes to those who see their need of it, who acknowledge the limits of their own mind, who acknowledge that their minds have been corrupted by sin, Divine wisdom cannot become ours apart from a fear of the Lord. And a greater knowledge of God, a greater fear of God, a deeper and more intimate relationship with God is also the prize of wisdom. It is the treasure. My friends, isn't this what the the Pharisees missed in Jesus' day? They knew the commands of the Lord. They had heard the instructions of the Bible. They had sought to build their lives over a more diligent and a more stringent legalistic understanding of the laws of the Lord. But they missed a relationship with God. They did not know God. When Jesus came, they missed him. They proved themselves in the end, despite all the hearing they had done, they proved themselves to be fools. Well, because a relationship with God is the end or the purpose of wisdom, it should be no surprise then that the Apostle Paul writes this about Jesus Christ in Colossians 2.3, that in him, in Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, Friends, true wisdom is only found in relationship with Jesus Christ. It is only when you are united to Jesus Christ, in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, that you can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.30, the Apostle Paul also writes this. He writes that Jesus became wisdom from God for us. Jesus became wisdom wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Notice that he says that Jesus became wisdom for us. Jesus is the perfect picture of God's wisdom, the only man to ever live in a perfectly wise way, the only one to live in a way that was fully pleasing to his heavenly father. That is one of the reasons that Paul equates the wisdom of God in that verse with our righteousness our sanctification, and our redemption. Wisdom seems to be synonymous with those things in that verse. Jesus became wisdom from God for us. That is our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Friends, righteousness before God, a right standing before God, does not come by simply doing a better job of following the advice of Proverbs. That's the mistake that the Pharisees made. Growth in godliness does not come by simply resolving to follow the advice of Proverbs more closely. All right, I'm going to take all these little individual sayings of Proverbs and I'm going to really try hard to do these better. 
No, redemption and salvation do not come from your own efforts to live wisely and rightly. You cannot earn it. Proverbs presents two paths you can take in this life. The path of wisdom, which is the path of life, or the path of the fool, which is the path of death and destruction. Friends, here's the thing. Apart from Jesus Christ, we all follow the path of death. We are all fools. But thanks be to God that Jesus became the wisdom of God for us. He lived in the way that we were created to live. He lived according to God's rules and God's ways, and therefore he has become our righteousness and our redemption. He became our righteousness by living the perfect life that we could not live. He became our redemption by dying on the cross in our place, by paying the penalty that our sin deserved, that we deserve. And therefore, all who repent of their sins and place their faith in Jesus Christ are given his righteousness. And they are saved. They are put on the path of life. They can walk the wise path in union with Jesus Christ. They are given eternal life. Brothers and sisters, the book of Proverbs is not simply a list of do's and don'ts. The goal of Proverbs is not simply to say, if you do this thing over here, if you do thing A right, then good thing B will come into your life. If I do good thing A, I'm going to get good thing B. And that is not what Proverbs is about. It is to help you evaluate your relationship with God. In other words, am I doing this thing A over here? And if not, if that's what biblical wisdom is, What then does that say about my relationship with God? As one author put it, your behavior reveals whether you are in a relationship with wisdom, which means that you are a follower of God. As a Christian, it shows whether you are aligned with the one who is the treasure of God's wisdom, namely Christ. So as we come to these practical bits of wisdom, as we evaluate themes like humility and anger, contentment and work over the next few weeks. Friends, the question you should be asking, am I living in a wise way? And if not, what does that, what does that say about my relationship with the Lord? Now, brothers and sisters, that fundamentally is how you should read the book of Proverbs. Proverbs encourages you to pursue wisdom, which is an encouragement to pursue Jesus himself, to submit to Jesus, to submit and and place your faith in his life and death and resurrection, to believe that he is ruling and reigning now at the right hand of the Father. In Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and every Christian has access to that wisdom and knowledge. They have access to the wisdom and knowledge sufficient for holy living in Jesus Christ. Everything you need to know about the Father and how to properly interpret the world around you To live a life that is pleasing to the Lord is is accessible to you in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, a relationship with him is the end of wisdom. It is the purpose of wisdom. It is to know Jesus more. And finally, that takes us to the third and final point of the sermon, which is the provision of wisdom. These verses are encouraging you to pursue wisdom that you might know the Lord and that you might live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. But I want you to to notice the source of this wisdom that you are encouraged to pursue. Look at verses 6 through 8 of Proverbs chapter 2 again. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. Brothers and sisters, you have a responsibility to pursue wisdom. You have a responsibility to search for it diligently. You are to seek it like hidden treasure, like silver. But notice that you are hunting for what the Lord has already provided. Wisdom is found in his word. You are to store up his commands. You are to seek what already exists. Wisdom is not something that is found in you. It is not something that is simply accumulated over a life of experiences. Wisdom is not found. It has been revealed. It has been revealed in God's word. And as we just thought about, it was revealed in the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. So from these these last two, three verses, I want you to see two things about the provision of wisdom. That is that the Lord gives wisdom. It is the Lord who provides wisdom. Wisdom is his provision. And second, that the Lord protects the wise. He is a shield to the wise. The first, the Lord gives wisdom. James chapter one, verse five. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Now, perhaps that truth is why Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3, that you are to call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding. You are to ask for it. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has promised to provide wisdom, to give wisdom to those who ask. Your heavenly Father delights to give good gifts to his children. He promises to generously give wisdom to all those who earnestly pray for it in faith, to those who truly treasure it and seek after it, to those who are not pursuing their own glory, but to those who want to know him more, those who want to to live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, to those who treasure him. True wisdom comes from the mouth of the Lord. God has revealed himself and God has revealed his wisdom to you in his word. He has given you his spirit that you can rightly understand his word. The Holy Spirit that transforms your heart that you might heed or obey his word. That empowers you to do that. The Holy Spirit that gives you the ability to obey. The fact that the Lord gives wisdom does not mean that you are no longer to seek it. You must still diligently apply yourself to the pursuit of wisdom. But friends, be encouraged because the same God who encourages you to pursue wisdom is the one who gives wisdom. God encourages you to pursue wisdom, has given you his wisdom in his word, has given you his spirit that you might rightly understand his word. Same God who commands you to pursue wisdom is the one who gives wisdom generously and ungrudgingly. So brothers and sisters, let me simply ask you whether you regularly pray for God's wisdom. Do you regularly ask that God would help you to understand his word and apply his word? Before you do that, you have to diligently give yourself to the study of God's word. But friends, you should also pray that God would help you understand his word and apply his word to live out the truths of his word. And friends, do you regularly ask God to help you understand more of him? To know him more deeply. To know more of his character. 
Oh, let me encourage you to do that over these next few weeks as we study Proverbs. And let me encourage you to do that for the rest of your life. But let's at least start with doing that these next few weeks through our study of Proverbs. Devote yourself diligently to knowing the book better. Pray and and ask that God would give you wisdom to know him more. The Lord is the one who gives wisdom. The Lord is the one who guards the wise. He is a shield for the wise. He guards the righteous. Notice in these verses that the Lord does not just give wisdom, but he is a shield for those who live with integrity. And he protects the way of his faithful followers. His faithful followers, those who live with integrity, are those who are wise. Wisdom itself is a protection for the upright. It helps protect you from sin. And by doing so, it ultimately keeps you from death. Remember again, there are two paths revealed in the book of Proverbs. And really, there are two paths revealed in the Bible itself. There's the path of life, the path of the wise, and there is the path of death. There's the path of the fool. Friends, God has revealed his wisdom and has given his son, Jesus Christ, that you might pursue the path of life. And that as you fear him, you might not be destroyed. Look with me briefly at Proverbs 2, starting in verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. It will rescue you from the way of evil, from anyone who says perverse things. From those who abandon the right path to walk in ways of darkness. From those who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversion, whose paths are crooked and whose ways are devious. Skip down to verse 20. So follow the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous ripped out of it. God is a shield to those who live with integrity and he protects the way of his faithful followers. He has given his wisdom, his word, his son, his spirit that you might follow the path of the good. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and it is a light to my path. He gives wisdom to all those who ask. Friends, the book of Proverbs is not just how you can live a better life now. It is how you might find eternal life and live in a way that brings glory to your heavenly father. God is the source of wisdom and a shield for all those who diligently seek it. Brothers and sisters, let me encourage you to diligently seek it. Turn to God in his word. Turn to God in prayer. And let me close with this quote from pastor and author Kevin DeYoung about the pursuit of wisdom in God's word. What I really believe is at the heart of this text that we have been studying this morning. He writes, the most effective means for bolstering confidence or giving confidence in the Bible is to spend time in the Bible. This is God's revelation to us, and it requires sustained effort. It should not be a drudgery, but delightful because precious treasure is contained within it. His word is a treasure trove. As Christians, we still have a sinful nature, and we need to value and pursue wisdom. Finding this treasure and applying knowledge will provide you with the ultimate security, eternal life. It will also help you navigate through the dangers of this life because this wisdom is also practical. It will also keep you from sin and guide your path. In Genesis 15:1, God says to Abram, 
Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your great reward. God is the source and goal of wisdom. Wisdom is living in God's presence, seeing all of life in relation to him, and looking to him alone as commander, defender, redeemer, and our reward. However, we have not always delighted in his word and treasured it in him above all else, but Jesus did. God's wisdom is personified and fulfilled in the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. So we look to him and we repent of our folly. Brothers and sisters, that is a great summary about wisdom and its pursuit. It's a great summary of the value and the purpose of the book of Proverbs. Brothers and sisters, as we embark on this study over the next few weeks, let me encourage you to diligently seek for God's wisdom. By saying that, let me encourage you to diligently seek for Jesus Christ. Let's pray.